Welcome back to another edition of the Para Podcast. This week I'm joined by Bertie. Hey, how's it going? 40. G'day, fellas. And Ham. Hey, hey, hey. And your host, Hamish. So this week uh, you won't get the unedited version of the Para Podcast. <laughs> uh, you might get the edited version. Sorry, that was a distinct lack of sleep and doing things very late at night or early in the morning. Um, but let's start off with round three of the juniors in Natasha Gales, uh, which was the only Eels junior football play last weekend. Uh, so St George defeating Parramatta forty to nil, not a great result there. How did you guys see it, or what reports did you get back? Sixty's uh, got a report from the the girls' coach, uh, and yeah, it was just you know one of those days where from the get go you could see that the enthusiasm and execution was just off, um, and the Dragons managed to you know capitalise on that and sort of blow them out, and it's just yeah one of those. Much like the the NRL team last season with the South Sydney game, you know, you sort of just have to completely write off that performance and move ahead. Um, the, the, I don't think there was much salvageable out of that. Obviously, they'll look at the tape and and have a look at where they broke down in terms of the defensive formations and their execution and attack. But uh, as far as looking forward to next week, where they're facing the other side of the Dragons, the, the other side of the merger that is in Illawarra, they've just got to try and bury the memories of this uh, of this game because I don't think there's much they can take from it in a positive sense. Yeah, just one of those games where you don't come out with the intensity. No, and, and the, the opposition just pounce yeah. on it. Yeah. Yes, uh, I think uh, we know that feeling too well sometimes, uh, both in our NRL teams and NFL teams. And, and uh, I suppose yourself, 40, uh, with um, some of your baseball teams and that. Yeah, the, the Mariners have been pretty um, pretty meh for a long time. So they've definitely had some games where they've been uh, pasted by uh, scores not too dissimilar to a rugby score rather than a baseball score. Um, okay, well, then let's get to uh, the main event on the weekend, if I can call it that, without uh, anything else. So the Eels trial, which took place last Thursday, uh, saw Eels run out, and the scoreline doesn't really mean too much, 28-6 to six victors over the Dragons. But what does mean much is the, the mercy rule. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dragons apparently only had 12 uh, players with, what, 10, 11 minutes to go. So uh, we called time off there. Um, but I think Parramatta had seen all they really needed to see, and I guess the Dragons had seen all they needed to see as well. Uh, but try scorers Max Fago uh, for the Dragons went in that try against the run of play. And then for the Eels, five try scorers Opacic went over, doing his uh, bid for a starting centre spot, no harm. Will Smith crashing over. Penasini, your boy. Your boy, Bertie. Mate, 90, 91 more tries, so he catches a goat. So <laughs> just so you know, day one. Day one, I was the Penasini fan. And the gun doing a bit of a crash over ball and Solomoni Naiduki um, going over in the corner. I think, uh, Forty, you've remarked about uh, wingers of Fijian descent being on that left wing and scoring trials. Yeah, it seems to be synonymous with the Parramatta brand in recent years, starting with Semi. Um, and I mean, technically, if you go back to Jared playing on the wing back in the day, but yeah, you know, you've, it's, uh, assuming Naiduki goes on the boy first grade for us, that's the, uh, in terms of concur- concurrent running, it'd be like third generation from Semi to Sivo to uh, Solomoni. And then conversions, four from five on the boot for Jordan Rankin and a lot of those out wide. So um, not bad for a second choice uh, or second string kicker uh, if we have an injury to Moses in the halves, yeah. um, one would think. He struck um, him Okay, so let's start with that first 20-minute period. Uh, I was sort of watching that um, on the train um, and I thought the Dragons for uh, a bit of a period of time were starting to get a bit of a roll down the middle. Um, but it was very much a back-and-forth affair between the middles before it sort of started to break open um, after that first quarter period. What, 
how did you guys see that first running with the forwards going through? Yeah, it was um, definitely a, an arm wrestle in those opening exchanges. I, I think that St. George did have the ascendancy early on through the middle, and I think it's a credit to the young guys that they held on that way um, without capitulating because they did have all run of possession early on. Um, and then eventually... And field position. Yeah, and exactly. And it wasn't just possession, it was a field Pardon me, I just knocked my mic cable. Um, a field position too. And, you know, given the inexperience of the team, and I know that the St. George Dragons also fielding experienced roster too, um, albeit with a few more probably highly captain role players as opposed to the Eels by the nature of guys that have been injured last year. Um, but, you know, the, the Eels had every, not every right, they they had the excuses given the um, the the youth in the team and the relative uh, rustiness to capitulate there, and they didn't. They, you know, they closed ranks, defended really strongly and managed to turn the tide in their favour. And so that first try against the run of play, um, Fagai on one edge, passing to Fagai on the other edge, and um, old Jack Bird had a little bit of a hand in that one, getting the spread of the ball going. Um, but yeah, you couldn't hang your head too much on that. It was just a run of play, and we didn't get enough about it. bodies back behind the ball. Yeah, I thought it was uh, it was good that that was the only try that they scored throughout the whole game. Like I know you can't take much into a trial match, especially given the level of talent. But like to, it didn't matter who Parramatta put on the field, our defensive systems were strong. Yep. I thought that's the main thing that I'm looking at there in, in that trial that, you know, didn't matter if it was uh, Charbel up against, with Opacic, Charbel up with Penasini or um, Hipgrave up with whoever on the right-hand side. They were just they were stuck strong and it was only that length, sort of a opportunistic try that the Dragons scored and from there they never looked like scoring again. So, no, very good defensive effort from uh, Parramatta there. And I guess one sign of frustration, and I don't know if it's just going to be in trial matches or they might change their tact uh, as the season starts, uh, but the constant um, six-again penalties, uh, especially if you're getting three, you know, in three consecutive tackles, um, I think that might have frustrated our boys because a couple of times they got down the other end and they kept getting six-agains and they were getting a roll on, but of course couldn't get a, a quick play the ball. And then that would lead to an error. And there's no real advantage in that because... Yeah. You're not getting the quick play of the ball, which is what you're really after. So how did you see that that, offici- that officiating point? Yeah, I think um, it was sort of revealed in that little insight that the club released, that cool little three-minute behind-the-scenes uh, uh, mini-doc um, that sort of had a look at what Brad Arthur was saying to the team before, during, and after the game. That uh, at halftime, he addressed the boys saying that in the first half, they'd gotten a little bit frustrated and were playing too fast and too shallow. Um, in, in sort of in relation to those repeat infringements, it seems like that the Dragons would infringe and so the boys would sort of just inch up a little bit closer in their attacking structures and sort of crowd themselves. And um, that's sort of what contributed to a couple of those errant short passes. And Jake Arv had one to, uh, was it Papali'i um, through the middle? I'm not sure. Oh, no, it would, have, it would have been um, uh, Makahesi Makatoa, I think. And yeah. and yeah, they made that adjustment after half time, and they look far more fluent. Yeah, I just think that the six again calls, I mean, you know, people will make of it saying, oh, Parramatta... 14, six against Dragons. They did get one. So they're that <laughs> they got one. Um, but if you're being ill-disciplined, you deserve to have been penalised for it. So Some you know, of them were pretty blatant just trying to get oh. back behind the ball. So it's not like it was, yeah, something like that. Um, but, you know, I think probably they could have called a couple more against us as well at times. But Oh, early on the drag, they were just laying all over us in the ruck. You know, they weren't even trying to get off. So... You know, I think both teams could have had more called against them. I just hope that um, come regular season, the referees keep blowing them because, you know, they'd say, oh, referees are deciding the match, but it's the same thing if they decide not to blow them, the referees are deciding the match because they're allowing ill-discipline to go yep. rewarded. So, yep. you know, they're not going to win either way. I'd prefer them 
even if it's against Parramatta, if we're being lazy, ill-disciplined and wrong, well, then penalise us for it. I want to also point out that the Dragons seem to come into this game, I don't know, fired up because I've seen a lot of, um, a, f- a couple of late hits on players, you know, like Jacob Arthur got cleaned up. I, I wouldn't say late. I don't think well, they, were, they were late. Like, was, they were, yeah. His back was turned towards him, and it's sort of like, it's one of the, it's one that they're trying to eradicate from the league, but I don't, it's just, it was, it was, I, think, I think the Dragons player was called, um, what's his name? I think Hampton's his name before. Something. Sinner? Oh, Not Sinner, that's a tennis player. No, the who, oh, oh, Black, the it was Blacker, wasn't it? Type. Yeah, him. Like, he seemed like he was on a mission to take people out. Like, and you Dave saw in the Brock. first 20 minutes, like, David Hollis, or, you know, he was getting, um, he was getting gang tackled, like, literally free four in a tackle, and they're trying to, they made a point to try to stop him. You know, he's on his debut, and, like, it's just, I don't know, just, that's what I observed. They were just still fired up in defense, but shame they couldn't stop us, you know? I think, Birdie, on that, um, Arthur being hit late or whatever, that hit that, um, he took from when he passed to Kafusi. There would have been a lot of first-grade halves that would have stayed down from that hit. Mm. And it's just good to see young Jake to bounce back up because that's what he's used to, just getting hit. Doesn't matter if it's early or late or whenever. It was really good to see him uh, dig into the line there and um, put his big forward one-on-one. Yeah. Just on Jacob Arthur, um, we'll just expand on him a little bit. Um, but, of course, you guys have seen him do a couple of pre-seasons now. I think there was one when he was 14 and he was outpacing some of the first-grade guys because, you know, lightweight 14-year-old, that all he does is run, of course, is going to be a bit quicker than yeah, when he's like kilo footballers. Yeah, if he's 40, 50 kilos, like, come on. <laughs> um, but in any event, we've, we've seen him come up from about the 14 years of old, years of age, rather. Uh, how old is he now? About 18 18, 19, coming yeah, up? Yeah, turning 19. Turning 19, turning 19. Yeah. So I, I thought, of course, his kicking game's always been one of his strengths, but he, he really dug into the line a couple of times. He threw that one ball to to Hollis, I think it was, right at the line, which, you know, it wasn't the best face ball. But then he went back to it, and it resulted in a try a little bit later on. Um, so how did you find his game management for that first real dig at uh, first grade trial level? I thought per, um, from seeing what he's done in the juniors, uh, I'm gonna. It's gonna sound weird because of the way he played and everything it was it was good, but he seemed a bit overawed. I think early on, going back to that Makatoa pass and the Hollis pass, uh, he doesn't usually throw those balls. So he would have, he should have, and usually does, uh, tuck the ball under the wing and get tackled there. So I think he was just a bit overawed. But you look at his attacking kicking game. Like when was the last time you saw a Parramatta half, regardless of any age, put up an attacking bomb? You know put it up just high enough for the uh, kick chase to come through, but also contest it. You know, it's, it's, it was a very good kicking game. And, you know, he put in that little grubber that uh, Ramsey um, picked up. and Yeah, that was a big Ramsey. moment for me where he, you know, he fucked up. And, yeah. you know, instead of, you know, dropping his head and, and letting Ramsey streak down the field, who admittedly probably wouldn't have gotten that far because it looked like he was running in quicksand after a few strides. Um, but, you know, he owned the mistake and chased him down. You, that's what you want to see from a young kid because they are going to make mistakes. You know, season pros make mistakes. Um, but, you know, he, he made the error. It wasn't a great kick, but he went down the field and chased it and, and made the tackle. You love to see that. Yeah, it does. Yeah, if you make the mistake, you've got to fix the mistake. That's what. That's the sort of person you are. I've got to ask a question to Forty and, and Ham. Like, compare him at his age to what uh, Dylan Brown was at his age. Uh, are they, like, similar in terms of their development or is, is Brown because... From what I gather, like Brown is more way ahead of his uh, development um, in his game style. Like, how do they compare at the same age? 
Um, You're almost the same age, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's easy to forget because yeah, Dylan, Dylan's played a year and a half of first grade now or thereabouts given the back injury. Um, but it's hard to compare people to Dylan because Dylan is such a freak athletically in terms of pound-for-pound yeah. pound strength. He's got the speed too. And so he took the first grade in a way that very few Haas prospects can because he could physically you know, be dominant with the ball in hand and in defense. He's like, if you ask me, he's probably the best defensive half in the NRL, um, which is you know a huge compliment to a young kid. Uh, for Jake, though, um, he is in a really odd spot because physically he's 188 and broad-shouldered and you know he's got this frame to really pack on the kilos in a positive way, but he hasn't yet. He's only just starting to fill out now. Um, and you know, for him for a long time, he was just like a, a stick. And so now he's only just starting to fill out and he's got a fair bit of work to do there. So he's miles behind Dylan in that regard. But I think that as far as understanding the game goes, they're, they're similar but different because I think Dylan just intrinsically understands like the flow of a game. He just re- like, you know, he, he makes stuff happen because he knows where to be intuitively. Uh, whereas someone like Jake is uh, very well studied and understands the game as a student, and you can see that in the way he approaches the game. Yeah, if you know, if you're going to look for a comparison, I think probably uh, Adam Reynolds and Cody Walker's combination, where you see both are very good at reading the game, but as Forty said, they do it differently. Adam Reynolds, like Jake Arthur, sets up for something, whereas Dill, you know, you just give him the ball and he'll put something on. But if they're still reading the, the game, it's just in a different way. All right, so I think you touched on the main things there. And then in that second 20-minute period, I thought we really started to, to get the ascendancy and, and made a bit of um, inroads when we had the ball down in good position. Um, and especially that first try to, to Opacek, he was straight through. And then that second try to Will Smith, again, just busting through the, the goal line defence, which, of course, for the Dragons would be pretty tired because they did a lot of defending. I just want a big shout-out to Will Smith there. That kick deception he put on for the Opacek try... You know, I'm not sure if he was ever going to kick it or not, but the centre thought he was. So he rushed up, went to put the hit on, just kept in his hands and passed. Like, that's that's really good skill. Yeah, and Smithy's another one that's had a really good preseason. So it's glad, you know, it's encouraging to see him bring the uh, training form onto the actual playing paddock. And, you know, not to say he's going to be a superstar for us in first grade, but he's one of those guys that's going to be a core contributor in uh, Reggie's at Kendrick Cup, helping steer these young kids around. And he'll probably get the call up at some time during the season. Well, there's always injuries in origin. Mm-hmm. True. Um, all right. So, yeah, I thought we really came to the fore. And then after the break, the, the Dragons pretty much started to put up the white flag with those first uh, two quick tries. And then it was really getting into the real Reggies. Um, but one player that, sorry, that I that I haven't given a shout-out, and we'll start getting into a couple of shout-outs, uh, but Solomone Naiduki uh, coming in after that uh, injury to, to Oldfield. And I thought he really, like, he didn't get too much good ball um, on the wing, but I thought he really did some hard work out of the back and also put on some really good defensive reads as well. Um, that was uh, Komalafi. Komalafi was the oh, initial, Komalafi, was the initial sub, yeah. No, Naiduki was at the end. <laughs> they, yeah. I mean, to be fair, both, both, young men had, um, both young men had good games. But yeah, Matthew came on, I think, a lot earlier than it was probably planned to, but in a way, that's good for him. It's a silver lining to an injury to a guy like Oldfield is that you've got these young kids that are pushing. Um, and yeah, like you said, it wasn't anything flashy, but he rucked it out really tough, um, made the hard meters, and, and defensively was in the right positions. And there was particularly one little grubber kick that he diffused that you know he could have easily have, um, been out of position for, but he was there to force the line drop out and save the try. He's pretty quick, eh, Kamalafi? I think there was like a run where the Dragons winger literally ran past him, and he had the, you know turned around and quickly chased him down. So, like, you know, it's a bit refreshing to see a bit of speed in the wings, you know? Yeah, very much so. Um, 
but yeah, no, it was, it, I thought he came in and did a really good job, uh, especially with that early uh, change that was needed. Um, another player I wanted to shout out to is Aya Papali'i. Um, I don't know. The Warriors have let a good one go, I think, at this point. Um, obviously, they're flush with um, some forwards that they've brought in and developed and whatever else, but um, he was fantastic, especially defensively in that first half where he rocked a couple of blokes. Um, but what were your takes on uh, Papali'i? From the get-go, just full of power full of, and full of work. Like you saw in that uh, the breakaway Dragons try, he was still pushing across there to, you know, not necessarily stop the try but keep them from running in. That's, you know, a sign of someone who's willing to do work. So, and in the move from the edge to the middle didn't stop him once, you know. Usually when players move back and in, move into the middle, uh, they lose a bit of effectiveness in attack, but he just seemed to keep powering through. And I think he showed, um, you know, a bit of experience. You know, it's only 50 games, but... Um, he, he needed to be a leader in the young forward pack there, and he definitely did that. Yeah, I think um, Sixies had him pegged as one of the players with the most hype coming out of the preseason. And you know, once again, like with Will Smith, a guy that's gotten the wraps in the preseason, you want to see them carry that form onto the actual trials, and that's what he did. And he was a, he was a bruiser out there. He wasn't just you know hitting; he was hitting and sticking. Um, looks pretty damaging with the ball in hand. Gives us that positional versatility that we love in our bench players. Um, we saw it with Murata, you know, he's more of a primary middle now, but has the ability to uh, flex out to the edge. And uh, Papa Lee is almost exactly the same. And um, and it's funny because there's a connection between those two. They actually played in the. Uh, I didn't realize this until um, I was at the actual induction for the Harold Matthews and SG Ball a couple of weeks ago. Um, they were in the, the Warriors uh, team that ended up pipping Ryan Madison and that group of kids in 2014 in the semi final in the Holden oh, Cup. So there you go. Yeah. Like, it's like a little bit of trivia there for them. So, yeah, uh, Nia Corey has that connection to Isaiah Papali'i, and hopefully they can be the Bruce Brothers off the bench for us. I was surprised that he has a bit of, like, lateral quickness. I thought he was going to be, you know, another Murata or Brown where he's literally just a middle forward, but, you know, he was making runs. Like, he was, you know, light footwork, and I thought, you know, if you know if he's on the bench, he can come on for, like, uh, Sean Lane. But, like, you know, I'm surprised that he can actually play on the edge. I thought it was just a, a 13, you know, or another prop. That's why. Yeah, it was certainly um, a good first stint for Papali, and he's done himself no harm um, in looking to get that uh, bench spot wrapped up, ready for round one. Uh, who else? Keegan Hipgrave, apparently he was carrying a bit of an injury coming in. He, he didn't really do too much in his short stint on the field. Uh, Oregon Kafusi again, not hurting his chances, although he's suspended for round one, isn't he? No, Murata's suspended. Murata, Murata, sorry, I've got Oregon That's Murata mixed up there. Um, who else did you have? I thought Ch- uh, Rankin was really good coming off the bench. Yeah, he was um, um, very good. Yeah, I looked at this as a literally Rankin v. Uh, Will Smith in terms of who will be the backup half in terms of like, uh, position-wise. Like, because, you know, whatever, um, Rankin, both of them had really good games, you know. Like, we know what Will Smith can do in attack. And I just thought, um, yeah, it was just a battle between them two. You know, Rankin was constantly talking, which is a bit weird because I keep seeing him. I know been a while it's been years since he you know debuted but i keep thinking he's like that young you know young kid, but <laughs> he had a lot of hype as a 16 year old debate uh, debuting from the gold coast yeah and oh it's and, got a bit of bald head in the beard man something that makes you know, going bald makes you yeah, he looks like he's straight out of like, uh, out of like uh like northern Breaking england bad. or something like that you know? but um he was another one that sort of jumped off to me from the uh inside of doco because he was quite vocal in the warm-up and, you know, you saw that translate to the field where he was directing the team around the second half really nicely. Um, and he was playing that sort of hybrid fullback halfback role where he was marshalling the team, uh, helping with the clearing kicks and organising the team on both sides of the ball. So he was very good. Yeah. What did you think of – oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I think it says to me that 
um, come full season, first uh, in reserve grade, him and Will Smith will be very good in the halves together for um, hopefully the rest of the young Wenty team. Oh, not Wenty team, Reggie team. <laughs> not <Wendy> anymore. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, I was going to ask, what did you think about Jacob Arthur sort of coming into that dummy half role a fair bit in that first 20-minute period? Was that just a bit of conditioning for... Um, uh, our standing hooker there, Lusick, or was there some sort of plan to, to get him to play a bit of acting dummy half? Or I just reckon it was Joey just getting back on side and Jacob having ultra fitness. I don't think yeah. there was... Yeah, I wouldn't read too much into that, especially given... Because it was just pretty much pick up and pass. It wasn't anything planned, really. It was just pass to the backs to ruck the ball out. Okay. Yeah, because I just thought it was a bit strange because we kept seeing him go to the dummy half in that first 20-minute period. I'm thinking, we, wa- we want him a co- at least one or two passes wide. <laughs> What's going on here? Um, but it seemed to be when our forwards sort of imposed themselves that uh, that uh, um, Arthur played a bit more of a, a uh, half-back role as opposed to, to running in and doing acting half all that time. Um, all right. Was there anybody else that we thought that really stood out? Um, I thought Dunster was yeah, he, he was good. Didn't do himself any harms. Had that nice line break down the left. Rocked it out nicely. Um, you know, and he's a guy that I think that Ferguson and Sivo will be the first choice flankers, but he'll be right there in the mix if either you know either uh, slip up to form or get banged up or get picked in a. Uh, is Origin mid season yet? It is, isn't it? It is. Back yeah. So on the on the off chance that Ferguson gets picked, which I see, I feel is a pretty long shot at this point. Um, you know, he's yep. right there. And uh, Penasini as well. He was pretty explosive. So um, you know, I, I think he he did himself no harm in putting himself up for a centre spot. But I think he's a bit down the the pecking order uh, for a starting centre spot. But um, it wouldn't hurt to have a bit more depth in that position, given that uh, Michael Jennings' indefinite ban is going on indefinitely, and I don't think it will be resolved during this year. So. Yeah, so it was the first time me seeing Pinaceni play, and I don't know what. What? Did I, but... <laughs> <laughs> Did I say something wrong? It's the first time I saw Viliami play, and I say I'm gonna start calling Viliami from now on, right? Um, but I was getting shades or vibes of like of like a um, similar to like Tony Staggs. Maybe I'm overreacting, but like just the body, like his body shape, and like how he plays his game, and you know the first when he scored that try, like he you know tried to run around the center and falls over, but he gets back up and he scores. Like I just you know. I've got shades of, like, uh, Katoni Staggs a bit, you know, looking at that. Yeah, I think Penasini, the most encouraging thing there from that game is, aside from the fact that he defended pretty neatly, which is always a, a strong indicator of a, a guy that's got first-grade potential in the centres in particular, is that he just looked like that half a step or a full step quicker than most of the people out there. Um, there was one point where he got a dummy half and he threatened the line break. And obviously, like Bertie said before, he had that try where he was tackled by all accounts but managed to bounce off the ground in a flash and recover and dive over. So, yeah, it was encouraging signs from Will. And he's in an interesting spot because I don't think our centre depth is that great at the moment, um, especially since Oldfield got, uh, uh, was it an MCL um, in yeah. his knee? Yeah, so. yeah, so he's out for, what, 6 to six to 10 or yeah, something so like he, that? Yeah, so he's out for a fair chunk of the early part of the season. And, you know, we've got guys like Ryan Madison that can absolutely moonlight in the centres when needed, but it's a case of you know, how much do you want to uh, weaken a strength to strengthen a weakness if it does go to that point where Opacic or Wanga gets injured. So, yeah, I don't think they're trying to, you know, throw him to the wolves, but he's shown enough to maybe spark some uh, forts, you know, down the road if um, injuries do, you know, push uh, pushes. Well, I think, yeah, this game, you know, and potentially uh, this com- upcoming trial as well is maybe he skips 20s. Maybe that's not yeah, part that, of that's, his development plan. Maybe he just moves straight I into think, reserve grade. I think, yeah, that's almost, almost a, a given for me at this point. I think that... Yeah. He's a, a guy that you know, maybe he starts in flag and they push him up soon, but I wouldn't be shocked if he starts in Canterbury Cup. 
because physically, like he matched Jack Bird physically, and Jack Bird's a seasoned first grader. I know that's why I don't think you push him up into first grade initially, just because it's the mental side of it as well, um, and just trying to get up week after week against men, um, and you've never done one game of twenties or one game of reserve grade, like jumping that jump from reserve grade to first grade's big. A jump from eighteens to first grades would just—it's huge. It's it's inconceivable. So you know, I think people are jumping the gun a bit early, saying put him in first grade um, just because of one good trial outing. But you know, maybe he has jumped twenties because physically he was just he was just good. Like he actually reminded me of I've I've seen him play since Harold Matthews, but just that game it was like it was like watching a young Michael Jennings. You know, just the way he moved and the calm down, calm down, guys. We've got Katoni Stags and Michael Jennings here. <laughs> No, but they're, hey, they're, watch they're... out! We'll be uh, giving him the the deal to that centre for for Panthers in a minute after one, <laughs> not even one season. No, uh, was it? About, what's the on one point seven million over two years? Not a bad uh, haul for a centre. But uh, you know, it's you know, it's worth mentioning that Panasini is an outstanding young prospect, and you know, and it's a credit to the effort he's put in across the preseason to you know now feature as much as he does in calculations, even as an outsider. Yeah, Sam said like he should go straight to reserve grade, but. You're gonna have a, a veteran on, on the wing, you know. Hopefully, uh, when Oldfield comes back, you know he can them two can reconnect. But like, you gotta have someone on the outside, just to, you know, just to keep him on his toes and keep him um his mind on the job, you know. So yeah, looking forward to his uh, development and yeah. Yeah, and I think if they're gonna be playing on that left center role, um, this is bringing into first grade. Um, you you would rather have somebody there like Opachet, who whilst he's been injured in the last couple of years. Uh, is a solid first grader, both defensively and offensively. Like, he's no flash. He's not going to win you a game by himself. Um, but when you've got somebody like Sivo outside of you who's very reliant upon his inside centre to make those defensive decisions, um, you'd want somebody who's got a bit more experience as opposed to as opposed to Penasini, who's, you know, he hasn't played a lot of 20s um, as of yet. Um, so you'd like to get him a, a full season in the New South Wales Cup before you put him into the pressure cooker of um, first grade, especially at that centre position where one, the winger is relying upon the inside centre to make those defensive decisions and two, our defensive uh, system in any event relies upon our centres to make a lot of defensive decisions throughout the game. Well, I think that wraps up the trial talk. I thought it was a really positive match. Um, everybody can sort of hold their head up high after the, after the game. Um, and uh, yeah, there seems to be, just from what I saw, a lot more depth this season than last season. Um, that was my take out of it. Yeah, I think they're going to be a, a very fun Canterbury Cup team to watch this year between the young guys and even just the, the fringes that were brought in. You know, guys like Joey Lusk are going to be pretty good contributors there. Very much so. All right, well, let's get to some news. So it, uh, I think we forgot to talk about it last week, but the Cartwright's jaw um, broken. Uh, so he's expecting, what is it, 10 weeks now? He got a couple of wisdom teeth out as well when he got his jaw re-sewn up. So, I've, I've heard conflicting uh, so 10 reports. weeks from the injury, so he'll be back yeah. about week six or something. There was conflicting reports as to whether it was round six or six weeks. So obviously there's a pretty big difference in terms of worst case because you know we're still we're still a couple of weeks out from the start of the season when he did it. So um, I'm not sure. Just assume the worst probably and hope for the best. Yeah, well, it's not going to you know blow up our premiership chances if if Cartwright isn't in until uh, later in the year. But it might hurt his chances of um, having a, a big season, especially with that jaw. We saw with Regan Campbell Gillard after he did it the second time, it took him what about a season and a half to get back to to trusting himself enough when he got to our uh, club. So, uh, yeah, I just hope he can uh, mend it up and uh, we might see him in uh, on the bench but might need a bit of a stint in Canterbury Cup before he comes into first grade. 
Uh, then on to Oldfield, so he's done that MCL, uh, expecting a similar sort of out for the MCL. Um, but it's never good when you see the trainer go on and straight away diagnose it on the field and say, that's it, he's done. Um, so, uh, again, Oldfield was a bit of injury cover. He's had stints at, what, Penrith? Was he at Raiders, I think, last year? Yes, last yeah. year. Yeah. Manly? Yes, the Roosters. Yeah, I yeah so he's a seasoned uh, reserve grader who comes in and does a job in first grade, so hopefully he can uh, fix up his knee, and if we need to call upon him, uh, we can call upon him at some point in the 2021 season. Uh, all right, back to the juniors now, uh, ready for a preview for next week. So we've got a full day out at New Era, followed by a full day at Penrith Stadium. Um, so is, is there an ability to get from New Era over to Penrith? Because there's meant to be three gate grades in action at Penrith, isn't there? Yeah. Yes, you've got Flag, Canterbury Cup, and obviously the main event, the NRL trial. Does it, okay, well, we'll see if it lines up. So 12 noon... We start with the Tasha Gales, Eels against the Steelers. Um, so the girls will want to uh, bounce back from that last week's performance. And I'm just having a quick look at the Steelers. They seem to be running uh, pretty well in the Tasha Gale comp. So uh, they're going to take a mighty effort to get back on top because they've had two weeks in a row where they've been held to nil. So they'll really want to sort of uh, turn that around in attack and also in defence. Um, but the Steelers as well, they've had a win and a loss and a buy. So... Um, we'll just see how the, uh, the the women are travelling in that comp. Um, are you guys going to be able to get out there for the early rounds? Yeah, or? I'm out there all three grades and then trying yeah. to make the trek over the Penrith um, and catch what I can from there because I think there'll be, there is a slight schedule crash with the flag and the ball, isn't there? It'll be, well, flag starts at quarter to four, so SG ball fin- starts at two. So, yeah, so you'd probably, two you'd probably runs, get about 20 minutes, 30 seven, minutes. Seven minutes plus 10 yeah. minutes at half time. It's talking about an hour, probably an hour and a half when you factor in stoppages. So 3.30. Um, and from Cabaret to Penrith, it's a bit of a trip still. So, um, yeah, you probably end up missing a bit, a bit of the flag. Probably the first half. I'd say pretty comfortably the first half, yeah. All right, well, earlier in the day, you'll have the Harold Matthews, the Eels against the Steelers. So all three grades against the Steelers. Also at New Era Stadium. Um, so, any standouts in the Harold Mas- Matthews that we want to see this week to keep an eye out for? Um, I reckon your big one's probably Miles Martin in the 13. Uh, yep, uh, you've been talking him up for a little while. <laughs> Everyone's chance to finally watch him and look, he will probably have his uh, worst game of his uh, young career. So, um, other than that, uh, Destratus. Uh, there's two in here Raphael yeah, Raph, and Raph is finally back. He's been injured for the last uh, couple of games. And um, Dom's been very good on the right edge for us. Scored a couple of really good tries against Manly and then against the Bears. So really looking forward to seeing what Raf can bring for us. And also uh, Joshua Lealealotu on the wing. He's um, a bit of a try-scoring machine. So we'll see uh, yeah, if he gets himself back in there. Um, do we know how the Steelers have been travelling in that grade? Um, I think they're second last. Okay. So hopefully the uh, the boys can get in and get a little bit of a win there. Uh, but again, we're only four rounds in. A couple of teams have had a couple of buys, so it's not really... But then again, the the junior comps, they go quick, don't they? What are they, 10 rounds? Yeah. Oh, sorry. The uh, Steelers are fifth. Okay. And where are we sitting? Uh, we're eighth. On the same oh, yeah. same points, it's just uh, four points in the differential. It's the difference between fifth and eighth at the moment. All right. Well, we want to get a win um, because, yeah, as I was just saying, the, the comp goes pretty quick. Uh, mm. And then on to the last game out at New Era Stadium, the Eels against the Steelers again at 2 o'clock. Uh, so anybody to look out for in the SG ball? Uh, I reckon number eight, Jonte Jr., Beetham Mesa, and the lock, Peter Tartillo, will be the ones this week. 
it'll be. What about are off the bench? Yeah, they've shuffled yeah, the background a little bit, um, and they've brought in a, a heavy extended bench. I think they've got like the full mm-hmm. union contingent, 22 players this week. So um, they're, they're obviously going to play around with um, some concepts there. And I, I think they've brought in a, a centre tam. They brought uh, Kamoyan to the centres off the extended yeah, bench. Yeah, uh, Fekatoa. Yeah, Fekatoa. Yeah. Um, so I think that might be a promotion for him. Um, I don't know. I didn't hear any injury from Joey when I was speaking to him earlier today on the tip sheet. So he, he spoke of it as if it was like a, a reward. So good on the young kid there. Um, Kalachi's yeah. name comes up a little bit. Jabriel was, yeah, he's um, definitely one to watch. He's um, interesting because he's, I don't, I don't know how tall he is, him, but he's got to be high 180s, right? Uh, he, he looks oh. pretty rangy, um, very, very strong, got a good first step on him. And he's been a real handful for the opposition. Um, got experience in the halves, but they're sort of um, working him at that right center spot now. And uh, if he ever gets posted up one-on-one or two-on-two in those ISO situations, he is very hard to stop. All right. Well, let's get on to the rest of the grades. And um, unfortunately, we're running a bit blind, uh, not having a team list. Uh, We decided not to record on Tuesday night because we thought we might have a team list (laughs) Wednesday night. How wrong we were. Um, But it is what it is. Uh, But uh, there was something coming out today saying that we thought uh, Gutho wanted to play the full 80. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, starting off with uh, the flag. So we'd expect a couple of those flag boys to to probably go on and play some Canterbury Cup, and and then maybe some of them playing in the first grade as well, depending on where they line up. But um, yeah, I kind of, it's a bit hard to sort of give a preview without some team lists, and uh, especially when they only had what one one round last year. Yeah, and the um, flag's got a lot of guys that could you know feature or not feature depending on how they choose to deploy these young kids. Uh, so. There's you know potential for guys that aren't uh, that aren't in the ball right now, but part of the flag squad to drop back to the ball at some point, um, pending eligibility. So there's a lot of variable uh, variables um, in the air at the moment for the flag. All right. Well, let's just say it's going to start at what? What did we say? Four o'clock. Um, yeah. So quarter to four. So if you're able to, there's there's uh, tickets on sale. Um, I think they're still on sale. Um, I'd probably get them online rather than take your um, chances at the gate. But uh, you're an adult. You can do what you want to do. I think most of you are adults. Maybe there's some kids there. <laughs> Listen to us, idiots. <laughs> um, but anyway, the main action kicks off at 7.30 p.m. There's meant to be a bit of rain around the ground. Is that meant to clear up by Saturday? Um, uh, no, it's supposed to be uh, raining from 11 a.m. onwards. Okay, too easy. Well, I won't be able to get out of there because I'm going to be up at my nan's place. She's turning 93, so I've uh, got to go up there. Um, but if you're able to head out, you're going to see um, some action from 7.30 p.m. It'll also be streamed on KO, um, so you'll be able to get it there uh, like I did for the uh, Dragons trial last week. Um, but let's have a look at this Panthers squad. So it's in alphabetical order with the first name being the first. Okay, I don't know why they do that. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> Abby Corusau, Brian To'o. Charlie Staines, Dylan Edwards, as IEO, James Fisher-Harris, Jerome Luai, Jermaine Hopgood, Kurt Capewell, Liam Martin, Matt Burton, Matt Eisenhuth, Moses Leota, Nathan Cleary, Paul Momorowski, Spencer Lenu, uh, Stephen Crichton, Tyrone May, and Viliami Kikau. So pretty much their first grade squad uh, from last year. But we'd expect uh, probably a couple of Canterbury Cup guys to come up, uh, especially in the second half. But they'll have a, what, 20 to 40-minute hit out in that first half. Yeah, probably. It's usually oh, actually, the, maybe in forty to sixty. I, I'll be probably, 60, I'll be pegging yeah. pegging about sixty minutes. Yeah, especially on the Parramatta side of things. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess they haven't had a, a, another trial match, so 
this is the last chance to get a couple of uh, a little bit of game time in the legs before we start in two weeks time um, but yeah that's pretty much their first string squad and we'll we'll see them probably rotate a couple of those uh, centers uh, given that uh, Brent Nader is going to be out for a couple of weeks the self-imposed or well, the club imposed ban four weeks or whatever it is for getting on the bags what was it the night before the grand final <laughs> yeah. yeah just a little pepper up potion um, very fortunate that they changed the um the the drug policy because I think it was what two years before that. So Dell got two years. He was caught by Asada and and he was suspended from the Waratahs for two years, going back to the early two thousands or mid two thousands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was somebody not too long ago. How long did Barber get out? He he was meant to be suspended. He got of- he got what six to eight weeks on his third failed internal. I think was it. Yeah, well, post, that was the one of the grand final. Post grand like, final, it's, yeah. it's shit. Like, you know, come on, the boys are—they're footballers. They're going to get on the bags after they win a grand final. That's just part of life. <laughs> but um, still, you got to copy punishment. Uh, but yeah, they'll have a couple of rotating at centre spots. So I'm just seeing on NRL.com, uh, they reckon they're going to rotate Burton, Momorowski, and Tyrone May, as well as yeah, that's it. So those three uh, for that centre spot. Um, so uh, you'd expect out of those three, probably Momorowski's the best shout. Who really cares, to be honest? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'll be good. Uh, so the, after the grand final defeat, this will be their first bit of uh, football. So uh, I expect if we're up 40 to nil at, at half time to, uh, to have Gus shouting about how close Penrith are and they're really on top and um, all that sort of thing. Uh, but uh, what do you guys want to see, given that it's the first grade hit out, just a bit of cohesion between the boys? I haven't been out to training. I've read a couple of 60s training reports, but everything seems to be flowing rather well, and you can't really read too much into it until uh, the first uh, ball's kicked off in, in round one. But maybe just a little bit of cohesion in the halves, that right edge, we want to see it a bit sturdier in defence. That's. A I'm good, happy yeah. that if we don't concede more than two tries, I reckon that's a – for me, that's what I'm hoping to see in a trial match is – don't concede more than two tries. Doesn't matter who who's on the field. Uh, no injuries. Yeah, obviously no injuries is the big one, isn't it? You don't want to. You know, the Penrith trials had um had some carnage for us in recent years. I think Manu Ma'u and Stefano a couple of years ago end up banging up their knees in a game. So you want to get out of this as unscathed as possible. Um, yeah, the right edge Hamish you brought up is a good one because we need to know how much of it was. Uh, well, you don't want to you know, just point fingers now that we're removed from 2020, but you know, Fergo by all accounts is um, fired up and and tearing in in preseason. And he looked still, fit enough uh, in the Indigenous game, even though he had a couple of Barry Crockers. But uh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> what you get from Fergo. But, you know, we saw in that South Sydney final that Hayes Dunster and Wonga Blake defended really well. So you want to see Wonga and Fergo do that um, and, you know, really piece together that right edge. And then offensively, on the flip side, you want to see him dominate too, given that you've got, you know, three hulking athletes down there in Madison, Wonga and Fergo. And, yeah, aside from that, you expect the the spine to sort of just, you know, go for their, their motions together. You want to see Reed maybe take a step forwards offensively, um, you know, with the pressure of Roach and Lusick behind him. Not that they're going to defront him as a starting dummy half, but you know maybe help him grow his game and you know be more threatening at a dummy half. And aside from that, you just want to see you know everyone get through unscathed. And I suppose the big one for me, outside of all the you know sort of uh, uh, the word I'm looking for is uh, God. I'm having a brain fart, but uh, <laughs> stereotype no, 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 like all, all, the, all the stereotype you know preseason sort of check boxes and checklists. I want to see what the um, the new and improved junior Polo can do. At 116 kilos. I tell you what, it wasn't too long ago. I was sitting at 116 kilos. So, <laughs> <laughs> I 
I've lost a fair bit since then. Just a you know, humble brag. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, if you're going to humble brag, yeah. that is a great thing to humble brag about because it's not really humble bragging. It's it's well-deserved bragging. Getting that revenge board, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, defensively just how we um, – because the past previous games we've had against them, their backs have just been – we just can't stop them. You know, like Brian Tahoe, you know, he's averaging like, what, 10 metres post contact. And it's just – like, we don't have to be brilliant in attack. Like, it's just, I think it's right, but just defensively because – you know that last game we played. You know we we just defended a lot and we weren't effective. So it's, yeah, if, it's, we not, if we were not be happy, because I know Panthers fans take this seriously. They think this is a premiership already. You know a lot of them bring out the banner, the West is ours after the trial. So yeah, hopefully we can get the dub and put it into place. I'm also curious to see what the Panthers Pan- 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 are like. Um, you know, and once again, you can't read too much in a trial, but they exploded last year, and I don't know if it was a case of everything was in the right place at the right time, and they sort of just capitalised on the COVID season, on the new rules, on a, on a team that was just firing in general, um, and if they're one-season wonders, or they're built for sustained success. Yeah, well, I was listening to the um, the NRL Fantasy Pod, and so they were going through some of the stats, uh, especially in relation to halves, because Cleary's the most expensive one, and Penrith averaged 55% possession throughout Yeah, that was not sustainable. And that's usually, yeah, an aberration, isn't it? And not... So I think the next best was close to closer to just hitting fifty two percent, and like whilst it might not seem a, a big difference between three and um, a three percent difference uh, over the course of a season, that can be huge. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't know if it's it's sustainable, but I, I still think they're probably going to be up in that top four range, and and would hope that we're up in that top four range as well. So it'll be good to see just a them blow out the cobwebs before the um, start of the season in two weeks? They'll struggle. You go look at it, like two years ago, they didn't have Trent Barrett and they had the worst attack. They get Trent Barrett last year and, you know, the best attack and now he's gone. Like, I just think, I don't think Ivan Cleary can coach. You know, I think he's better off just complaining and driving a bus or something. Like, I just think <laughs> they're going to be a bit stifled this year and, you know, maybe Barrett is the answer. Like Just not as head coach. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe, Barrett brought, maybe Barrett brought the the furniture and got the guys pumping. Yeah, we got fucking sorry, we got more shares going. You know, sorry, I'm trying to be PG. This let's year, let's so. not worry too much about parents. Let's just hope our boys get out there, have a nice uh, run around, and um, hopefully we can give you a nice review next week and a bit of a season preview before we hit into round one. We'll um, also have a uh, team list next week. Yeah, hopefully that too. That'd be nice. Um, but uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, I think they're actually obl- obligated to, to pump out a team list by 4 o'clock, so uh, it's not like a trial fixture where they can just do it when they want. But uh, I think, Forty, you were saying they had some training uh, tonight. So Yeah, I think might... they had a late session, so that might have contributed to um, the logistics of announcing a team, depending on who gets through and, and who's healthy and whatnot. Right, too easy. Well, we'll leave it there uh, for this week on the Parrot Podcast. And, and again, you'll be getting these out weekly. Uh, I'll make sure to upload the right audio this time. And um, uh, we'll catch you guys on the next Parrot Podcast. Cheers. See you, boys. Yeah.